There's an election to the Legislative Council coming soon and Paul Crane MLC is looking for votes. Is the role of the council changing? What are the keys members looking for and how do they decide? Mr Crane was elected in November 21 shortly after the general election and certainly has been vocal since then. So what does he want to achieve and what can he offer? Is Mr Crane doing a good job and worth a further five years? Is it time for fresh faces? Or do you think it doesn't matter who gets in as they're only in it for themselves? Paul, it's fair to say that you've decided you want to stand again. Uh, You've served how long? Uh, It'll be 15 months by the time we reach the end of it. Yeah, from uh, November 2021. Okay, and I I suppose, yeah, the first question then would be uh, how... How have you found it? Is, is it because uh, obviously you 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 stood for the keys twice, and you weren't successful on the, those occasions? But uh, you must have had some idea, some thinking as to what it was going to be like when you became a, a member of Tinwood. Is is what you thought um, anything close to to what to what the reality is? I, I suppose it's yes and no, really. Yes, I stood twice for the keys and the door didn't open and, and I thought that was the end of, of any political aspiration. I said so on the night, you know, that uh, I wouldn't stand again. I didn't stand the next time round. I'd done other things, including working on the Isle of Man Population Atlas and so on. And um, yes, when I, when I got approached to see what I consider standing for Legislative Council, I, I went through that process and, and found myself in Tynwald. What was it like? Um, I was stunned, I think, is probably the fair thing to say, having given up on political aspiration. There I was in Timwald on the corner of the, the Legislative Council uh, sort of bench there. And uh, yeah, I was stunned. It's, it's a mighty, mighty privilege to be in there. It's hugely challenging, terrific responsibility if you stop for a minute and think about it. And, and a lot of hard work to keep on top of, of what's going on all the time. And, and you have been very visible. Um, you, you various members of LegCode seem to adopt different styles. Uh, It is fair to say that you're one of the members of Legislative Council that over the course of the last 12 months people will have heard of and heard from. Yes, it's hard to evaluate that when you're in it, but I guess the two areas I've been most involved in have been um, climate change, which which is one of the, or perhaps the biggest global issue that's hitting the the, the planet. And so that is a high profile issue. And then the other issue has been the island population, which is possibly the, the biggest issue facing the Isle of Man and the future over the next five years or so. So um, in both of those areas, I had been involved in in speaking out before I was a member, and I've, I've continued to speak out over the a uh, different different angle and slightly different hat on maybe but um I- i'm happy to speak out with without being outspoken if that makes sense uh, well <coughs> it, uh, it's uh, I, I suppose the people it has to make sense to are the members of the house of keys uh, this is a, a, an unusual sort of election broadcast in in as much as the electorate largely will know you and will most likely have decided whether they think they're going to give you a vote at this stage. Um, Clearly there's a whole load of of candidates likely to come forward over the course of the next month or two as well. Um, But but have you got an understanding, is is there a common theme as to what members of the House of Keys are looking for from Legislative Council or is it a a mixed bag? Um, It it is a mixed bag undoubtedly. I I base that on um, 
having met with not not quite all of the members, but most of the members last time round. This time I'm still at a fairly early stage. I've got another meeting this afternoon and a few lined up for next week. Um, but without a doubt, you do get different views as to what the role of Legislative Council should be, how large it should be, um, whether Legislative Council members should serve in departments or whether they should uh, be just on committees and the extent to which they can maintain their um, independence for scrutiny um, if they're in departments, those questions get asked, and the extent to which they should be involved um, primarily in legislative scrutiny, which in, in these last uh, 13, 14 months to, the, to this point, we, we haven't had a great deal of legislation going through. There was a new administration, of course, and it's just gathering momentum now, really. We were looking at... Uh, um, the the principal stage of one bill and the, the the clauses stage of a second bill last week and and this is moving forward quite quickly now, and, and in terms of your <coughs> cho- your choice, uh, you you've decided to stay outside of of any uh, government department at the moment. I think going forward, I'm I'm open on that. It's one of the things I'm discussing with those that I meet, and and the meetings I've had so far have been mixed. Some saying, you know, oh, you know, getting into the department, you'll you'll see much more of what's going on. You'll have give you a better understanding, and so on. And I can see that side to it. Um, the opportunities to get into departments have not been that many in the, in this period because having arrived in. Uh, November 2021, the new administration had, had been elected, the, the, the general election in the September, and then the chief minister um, elected, um, and then the, all the roles filled, really. You know? So um, the opportunities to be in departments were more restricted. So, as I said, I've been uh, heavily involved on climate change transformation. I'm, I'm deputy chair of the Climate Change Transformation Board. And... Um, Having seen what was coming in the census and seeing the census results, I put forward the motion on population rebalancing um, and there was a a select committee formed on that. So I've been serving on that. Uh, Michelle Hayward has has been chairing that Um, and and we've been moving forward on that. And in the midst of that, then the um, KPMG economic strategy report came through with the suggestion, the the proposal that the population be raised to 100,000, which which came in like a tsunami at the time for, to a select committee working on trying to um, work on rebalancing. So the population's been a, a big issue in there. Um, but I've been involved in other things too, the Timwell briefings that take place. I'm frequently active in those. And I certainly am I'm following a line of looking for evidence-based decision-making. So looking at the data, and it's been interesting as we've gone... Uh, through the launch of the the island plan to see departmental plans coming through and sometimes they're rich in data rich in evidence and the decisions are clearly evidence-based and other times they're not that far on and they're looking to get their baseline sorted before they can look at what their targets might be so you know I've I've worked hard on the the data side of things but um, in the keys I've spoken on on a very wide uh, sorry in Timwald I've spoken on a very wide range of issues um, from brownfield sites to ferry terminal to um, all sorts of things really and I, I haven't uh, I haven't restricted that I've, I've always been prepared I, I, and I've tried to speak in, in ways that are um, constructive um, but challenging you know that's that's what good scrutiny is in the past it's fair to say legislative council was there <laughs> perhaps to provide a kind of a backstop for, for keys it was 
generally staffed with people who had either been for a long time members of the House of Keys or had very significant experience working in in areas relating to, to government. Um, I mean, that's clearly changed dramatically over the past two, possibly three Legislative Council elections. Um, so so what is the, the actual purpose of Legislative Council now in relation to how LegCo and Keys interact, at least? It, it has some key roles to play. And I think in terms of legislation, it does mean that when the 24 members of the Keys have sat and looked at legislation and gone through um, the, the clauses stage of it, and they've looked very closely at it, um, it then gets taken out of that situation and put in front of another group of um, of 11 people, two of which are, are ex-officio without votes, but, but nine voting people. And um, they look at it completely afresh. You know, they, they, they will have an awareness of what happened in the Keys and they will be aware of the amendments that were made in the Keys and why they were made. But this is further thinking on this bill coming from, from um, uh, uh, without having been influenced by what happened in the Keys and, and offering new insights into it. And, and that's that's possible. You know, I've got an amendment at the moment that we're working on in relation to the Animal Welfare Bill. And, and that's something that... Is, is being looked at. Um, it, 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 the thoughts that I had um, had not been part of the Keys discussion, but uh, they will, of course, end up if, if the amendment is made, it will go back to the Keys and, and, and they'll have their thoughts on that, you know. But I, I think that that sort of legislative scrutiny um, is, is strong, you know, it's powerful, it's better than just having the one body going through with one, one set of thinking about it. But there are other roles too. Um, such as uh, the committee's work I mentioned, climate change transformation, different members bring an enormous range of different skills to it. You know, I, I, there's a sense in which um, I work on climate change and, and population, but my real professional expertise, if you like, is education. You know, I was uh, in education for 40 years. I was uh, um, an Ofsted inspector at the Island Senior Secondary Advisement, and that, that's where my real sort of professional background lies, but, but I'm you know, very happy to be working in these two areas and, and engaging in any way that I can. The previous Chief Minister very publicly rebuked uh, members of Legislative Council when, when he, he felt they were coming out of line w w with government. Uh, do, do you think either since then or maybe maybe this is just a, a new philosophy that maybe LegCo uh, Legislative Council has become too timid uh, in the way it which in which it uh, approaches its work I don't see that timidity um I, you know I don't I don't see that I'm I'm not quite sure how it felt previously in in the last administration but um I, I would see nothing other than encouragement for um for members of, of LegCo to engage. You know, some of them are in um, departments, some in more than one department. Some of them are then involved in taking legislation with that department through Legislative Council. Um, so th there's a range of different roles that are being played there. Um, but uh, I, I think we're, we're encouraged. You know, we're encouraged to, to attend the briefings. You know, Speaking at the briefings is, is absolutely open to us. And, and um, the briefings are useful because it, it's usually when you're getting your first sight of something coming and you can ask really silly questions in, in private of the, of the briefing, if you like, and, the, um, and, and feel your way around what's there and, and uh, raise issues to it. And um, yeah, So I, I think the uh, um, 
legislative council members are, are, are encouraged to engage so long as I think the phrase that was used to me when I first elected um, the phrase was used that it would um, not be appropriate for members of legislative council to take the lead on policy and that's perhaps sound advice you know the reality is we we don't have the same mandate that members of the keys do we, we haven't been publicly elected they have and and um, although we've been indirectly elected by the keys members we're there to support them it, supporting in in a broad sense of the term because it's a support that involves scrutiny and challenge you know but that's what we're there to do to support uh, them the, the the parliamentarians in the keys and presumably by not taking the lead on on, on policy um, you know, okay, that's one thing. You don't create new policies, but your role is very firmly and clearly to say when you see a new policy coming along and think it's a an unworkable or, or mad idea. Uh, your your role is to say, actually, wait a minute. Have you thought about this, that, and the other? And then it is for keys to perhaps uh, reconsider and potentially come up with answers and say yes we have thought of that, about this you might mm. think it's a silly idea but we're going to crack on anyway yes particularly through the meetings of Timwald which, which is where policy and finance are, are being discussed so the policy issues are there being laid out there's a debate going on with uh, different members making contributions and um, yes it's, it's it's totally appropriate for members of legislative council to, to join in with that um, preferably in constructive ways as I say have you manage to get the right work-life balance do you actually get any time off or is it a a, a full-on full-time it, it's full-on full-time because you never stop thinking about it you know one of the things that i keep saying is that if i'm re-elected for a five-year term next time i was used to a pattern where three mornings a week i would get into swim you know i'd be, be in the nsc pool that's gone by the wayside you know even though i've paid the year's subscription it's just disappeared because the day starts with looking through your emails and things like that and and thoughts that you've got in mind and jobs still to be done so yes it it, it is the sort of role that could completely take you over really and and that's um you've got to guard against that because self-preservation it, it has to be part of this and it's not just self-preservation either i mean obviously i i can speak with a little bit of experience on this too um i i think if you are so engaged, so totally and wholly engaged with this, you, it, you, the risk is that you lose touch with the people that you're there to represent and also you potentially uh, become so tired and jaded that you, you, yeah. you aren't able to, to give the, the matters that you are there to, to, to deal with the, the, the appropriate consideration. Yes, I think that's a, that's a fair point, yeah. So you're standing for LegCo. You you want to be a member of the Legislative Council for another five years. What do you want to achieve over that five-year period? Um, I think the things, the big things, I'd like to achieve, and I, I don't think these would be policy issues as such. I would like to see movement for government to use data better, to gather better data, to use the the the. the data in more appropriate ways, more analytical, more evidence-based. And so I'm, I'm always on the lookout for um, good use of data, which, yeah, we sometimes see some, some excellent use. You know, some of the um, departmental uh, reports coming through are, are, are well, 
well on track in, in that direction. And um, where you see um, the data not not yet fully embedded, and, and and there may be many, many, many good reasons for that. But to try and uh, support taking that forward and and um, uh, seeing the data, the, the most appropriate data being collected, good baseline information there, good data on how you move forward and, and uh, being aspirational about it. You know, one of the things that has struck me in, in the, is it 14 months I think, yeah, I've done so far. Um, one of the things that struck me is how slowly things can move, even when you think you're running, you know, you look back and say, well, why did that go so slowly? You know, and it's it's sometimes hard to judge. But um, uh, so so getting things done. You know where we're at now. When um, I joined Legislative Council, we were just two or three months into the new administration. But now things have moved on, and we're eighteen months into this new administration. And everybody says the last year of the administration gets more difficult because uh, there's election coming up. So. These next um, two years, two and a half years, absolutely crucial that we're, we're delivering. You know, the the idea that um, uh, does the Isle of Man government have good direction? Yes, we have got good direction. The island plan is an ambitious plan. It's still being fleshed out as, as we um, go through the process of merging the economic strategy to the island plan. But th there is direction there, and it is, you know, direction that's broad, that, that's um, integrated, that's linking population and economy and government income and, you know, right across these areas, it's there. Um, but delivering that in, in two and a half years or as far as you can, I know some parts of the, the island plan run beyond the, the, um, the population intentions that came out of KPMG's economic strategy run through to 2037 and so on. So some, some parts of this are aspirational beyond the current administration. But that, that's of necessity, you know. It would be good if, as we move towards the, the end of this administration, if we've got data in place so that a new administration with new ministers and so on don't come in saying, well, what are we going to do, you know, what, what, what have we, if there's some clear data and evidence there and the direction of travel is clear because the data is showing it, that should take away the sort of hiatus of a, of a period where you're looking around again and trying to decide what your key priorities for, are for the next five years. So they're the areas I'd like to contribute to, as well as the, the population issue, which um, is still deepening, and the climate change issue, which is massive and will still be around for the next 30 years. I imagine, having listened to, to what you've said, there, there may be one or two former senior officers of government, maybe a, a former minister or chief minister or two listening in and saying, um, Paul Crane undermines the, the work that we did by suggesting that we didn't rely on data. Um, it, presumably that's not what you mean. No, no, that would be a, 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 yes, a, a, a twist of what I'm saying. Um, the data doesn't stand still, of course. The data needs to be being evaluated all the way. You know, the, if you go back to where the last administration was with population, the data's been changing these last um, five years, you know, it, um, and therefore you're looking afresh at it uh, annually all the way through and, and being clear, um, I think, um, in the past, as the island has moved into, um, whether you call it strategic plans or island plans, whatever, um, 
There is a difficulty, and this is not being critical. I, I recognise the, the, how hard it is. There, there is a difficulty in establishing what your key performance indicators are, separate from what the ongoing work of the department is, or, or whichever committee, whatever. And separate from the ongoing work, sorting out what the key performance indicators were and which are, and which which of those absolutely matter? You know, which are the ones you've got to give the highest priority to, put resources into, monitor carefully, get the data? So I'm saying we can improve in those areas. Yeah, I, I believe that. In terms of the key performance indicators, the, the, the targets, the, the aspiration of government, the things that they shall achieve by the uh, next election, do you think they are clear enough and relevant enough uh, in, in terms of the, what, the obvious needs that the, the people declared in, in advance of the last election and indeed the, 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 the subsequent uh, concerns that have been delivered in relation or have appeared in relation to the cost of living crisis. Do you think, that, do you think it's clear enough um, because a, a number of the aspirations are big and bold and long term which they potentially you know, need to be uh, but but then that brings brings us past the next election. So effectively, the asp- the big bold aspiration is 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 some long distance in, into the future. And effectively, come the next election, ministers, members of keys can say, well, "Ah, yes, well, we're, we're working towards this," rather than actually necessarily having to have achieved anything. I think that's where. Um Okay, my view, my understanding of the island plan is that uh, what the island plan sets out is at a, a relatively high level and it does give absolute clear direction of where we're trying to get to in relation to climate change, in relation to the economy and, and so on. But um, it then becomes up to the departments to to break down their areas of that. So it's all very well um, centrally saying we're, we've got a target of reducing carbon emissions 35 percent by 2030 but how does that happen and that's where there's a um, a climate change action plan and that's where individual departments are then looking at how they can reduce their carbon emissions so you would like them to have a good understanding of where they're where they're at what the baseline of their emissions are, and there's still work to be done on that in fairness um, and and then a drive to um, achieve that by 2026, you know, with, within the current administration. So you're chunking it down, really, and you're looking at the bigger picture and saying, what do we need to get done in this period? And that, that the, the, the climate change is a great one to look at because it affects transport and, and building regulations and housing and all sorts, you know, to take that forward. And, and um, the completion of the plan very much relies on the, the departmental plans getting down to the, to the detail of that. If centrally you're trying to run with... with 200 KPIs, well, um, that is going to come unstuck at some point. So you you are looking for for departments to be prioritising this um, and handling the data. And that's where, um, yeah, if if I'm re-elected, I'd like to be sort of more directly involved, perhaps in in supporting a department or two, looking at their data, you know, so not necessarily engaging with the department's political decisions, but helping to gather the evidence to to, uh, support those. Is, is there one structural change that you'd like to make in relation to how Legislative Council and Tinwald work? No, I, I think the other man is sometimes at its worst, or Tinwald is at its worst when it's looking at its own structures, you know. I think the one I'd, thing I'd like to see is, is getting the, the, the delivery for the, the plans that are there. 
That was Paul Crane, MLC, who will be seeking re-election in the forthcoming LegCo election. Do you think it's right for someone who failed twice to be elected to the Keys to get an electorate-free pass into Tinwald? Or is it more important to look at the calibre and capability of potential candidates? Let me know your thoughts and views on the programme by contacting philgorn at manxradio.com and get in touch if you have any ideas for future shows. Don't forget this programme is available as a podcast on Manx Radio's website. For now though, I'm Phil Gorn, Goromayo, thanks for listening.